The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. We're going to look at at wisdom this morning. We're going to begin by thinking about how one becomes wise. You know, what does one have to do or where does one have to go to achieve wisdom? Wisdom is found in solitude. And so it's achieved when we go and we spend time alone, perhaps on a mountaintop, or we go out into the woods all by ourselves. And we've probably all seen movies or TV shows where a person sort of goes away for a period of time and then they come back and they are enlightened. You know, they may travel to the far ends of the earth or, or some deserted place. And through this journey and through this time alone, they reach some level of understanding that they had not reached before. Now, solitude can be a blessing. And there are places in Scripture that speak favorably of solitude. It is a good thing at some times. But this is not where the writer of Proverbs says we should seek wisdom. We don't have to travel to some remote location in order to become wise. Instead, wisdom is achieved through time spent with others. It's found in community, not being alone. Now, again, solitude is important. We need that time alone in order to go alone, uh, go out and be by ourselves and pray. Uh, Jesus would often do this. He would, he would go off and be by himself and, and pray. And so he knew the value of being alone. But he also knew the value of being with others. And so God continually throughout his entire history calls us to live in community. Why? Because we need one another. We grow through our relationships with one another. We gain wisdom living in community. And from the very beginning of the book of Proverbs, wisdom is found in the public arena. Take, for instance, Proverbs 1, verses 20 and 21. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Where is wisdom? She cries aloud in the street. She raises her voice at the market. She speaks at the city gates. This is where wisdom is found. And so this implies that that wisdom is not simply what is in one's head. That's how we often think of wisdom. But wisdom is relational. It begins when we enter into a relationship with God. And wisdom is gained through other relationships as well. It's gained through our relationships with our parents, with our spouse, with our friends, and others. Now, in contrast to this is the fool. The fool is the person who spurns relationships. The fool is wise in his own eyes. He doesn't think that he needs anyone else. He doesn't think he needs any help. He can do it all on his own. And so this is summed up in Proverbs 15 and verse 22. Without counsel, plans fail. When there is no community, when there is no relationship, things are going to go wrong. 
but with many advisors, they succeed. In community, you get the right answers. So we learn from from other human beings in various ways, and and we find a sample of this in our passage that we want to look at this morning, and that comes from Proverbs 27, verses 14 through 19. Okay? And we're going to read this and sort of look at three sections here. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. A continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's right hand. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Whoever tends a fig tree well eats its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. Just as water reflects the face, so one human heart reflects another. And so this passage is filled with examples of various forms of human interactions, okay? Sometimes human interaction involves conflict. Now, conflict is something that many of us try and avoid. We don't want conflict in our lives. But there are times when good things can come from conflict, In fact, when we just go out of our way to avoid disagreement, this can actually lead to disaster. Some of you may remember the Bay of Pigs. In 1961, the United States devised a plan to invade Cuba. Now, President Kennedy and a team of advisors came up with this plan to train Cuban exiles And they were going to land in Cuba, and they were going to overthrow the Castro government. At least that was the plan. And some of the smartest people in our country at the time helped to come up with this plan. They worked on it for two months, and the group unanimously approved it. And so the troops received the green light, and after three days, all 1,400 troops were either dead or captured. And this was a very embarrassing moment for the United States. And it actually worked against us because Castro's government became stronger because of this. What happened? How could this group of intelligent human beings allow such a terrible plan to go forward? These people were not lazy, they were not evil. But instead, they fell victim to something called groupthink. And so two of the members of this group later confessed that they thought that this was a bad idea all along. Uh, But they didn't say anything. They they kept silent because of of fear of group resentment. Uh, In other words, alternative views were not welcome as they were discussing this plan. No one felt comfortable raising honest doubts about what they were talking about. And so conflict was avoided at all costs. And because of this, people lost their lives. Sometimes hearing another person's point of view is the best thing that can happen. Now, the first part of this passage deals with situations where people are experiencing some level of conflict. And again, sometimes conflict is bad, but as we just saw, Conflict can also be beneficial. This first scenario involves a person who intends to do something good. 
Their heart is in the right place, but they end up causing harm. And so this person wants to bless his neighbor. And so he gets up early on Saturday morning and he walks over to his neighbor's house and he knocks loudly on the door while everyone's still asleep, you know. And he wants to offer them a blessing. He wants to give them a gift. You know, he wants to show his appreciation for this wonderful family. But what is meant as a blessing turns out to be a curse, okay? And so here are two friends, two neighbors, but their relationship is disrupted because of one man's poor timing. Conflict is introduced into this friendship because one man blesses another when it's convenient for him instead of waiting for the appropriate time. So the lesson here is that a wise person will know when to speak and when not to speak. And this has many different applications. We've all probably been in a situation when a person tried to tell a joke, but it was just terrible timing, and it didn't go well. Or maybe the content of their joke was not appropriate for the situation they were in. Occasionally, you'll see someone say something and then try to make up for their rudeness by saying, well, just kidding, or, or I'm just saying as if that makes everything okay. It doesn't. A wise person understands what is appropriate and what is not, and they avoid unnecessary conflict in their friendships with others. They don't drive their friends mad. They don't drive their friends crazy. And so that's, that's the wisdom we should learn here. The next scenario involves a nagging spouse. I know he uses the, the picture of a wife, but it could be a husband as well. It could go either way. And so here we get a picture of a dysfunctional family where, where family members are, are at each other's throats. And so when words are used to harm one another... This makes for a very unpleasant living situation. We find a similar statement in Proverbs 21 and verse 9. It is better to live in the corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. It's better to face the elements of nature, to be out underneath the sun and the rain and all those things, than to live in a household where love and kindness are absent. This continual dripping here in this verse, um, it refers to a leaky roof. And so, if you don't eventually take care of your leaky roof, then what's going to happen? It's going to destroy the whole house. And so, the writer of Proverbs is encouraging conflict resolution. A marriage is put at risk by continual nagging. Just as a roof will not last if the leak goes unfixed. And so how we use our words matter, especially with the people who are closest to us. You know, it's easy to wear a mask when we're in public. We can hold back our anger. We can hold back our true feelings and thoughts when perhaps we're at work or church or the grocery store or wherever. But our families see us for who we really are. And they see our flaws. And forgiveness is a crucial part of living in community. 
and this is especially true of families, husbands and wives have to be able to forgive one another. Spouses also must be careful how they speak to one another. They must strive to use kind words and be affectionate towards one another. And so here are two ways that conflict can negatively affect a relationship. There are others, but the author of Proverbs, you know, is not able to go over every scenario. We get the picture here. But at the same time, he wants us to know that conflict does not always have to be destructive. That sometimes conflict can be helpful. It can be beneficial. And so notice again the advice he gives in verses 17 through 19. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. Just as water reflects the face, so one human heart reflects another. And so when you rub two pieces of metal together, there's going to be friction There's going to be conflict there. And sometimes a little friction is necessary for us to grow and mature. Sometimes we grow the most in difficult situations. Great thinkers often achieve greatness because they are challenged. They are forced to defend their ideas and really think through what they believe. We see something similar with athletes. When two athletes have similar abilities, they will make each other better. As they train together or as they compete against one another, they hone their skills. Their weaknesses are revealed and they find areas that they need to work on. And this causes them to advance, become a more complete athlete. Students grow in knowledge and become a more... uh, and, and um, uh, become wiser, not when their teacher is easy on them and allows them to do whatever they want, but when they have a challenging teacher who pushes them. And so in some instances, conflict is bad, but in other instances, it is good. Now we all may be scratching our heads and, and, and saying, well, this is confusing, you know, uh, How are we to know when it's good and when it's bad? And this is natural because we want things to be black and white. We want them to be easy. But part of being wise is knowing when to use the right wisdom. And this is the way it is throughout the entire book of Proverbs. Not every proverb is useful for every situation. We must be able to decide what to use when. And the same is true of modern Proverbs. In some cases, we might say, well, you're never too old to learn. But in other situations, it is appropriate to say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And and if you pay attention to those Proverbs, they seem to contradict. Which one's true? Well, they both are, if you're applying them to the right situation. We sometimes say, Birds of a feather flock together, and other times say opposites attract. Part of the challenge of studying the book of Proverbs is learning when to use the right proverb and when not to use a proverb. When should we avoid conflict? 
And when should we welcome conflict? Well, those are good questions. They are questions that demand wisdom. Conflict that seeks the common good should always be welcome. Disagreeing without being disagreeable is an art that everyone should try to master. All of us need constructive criticism in some way. We shouldn't get defensive if someone's trying to help us. At the same time, we should recognize that some conflict is destructive. We should never try to tear down another human being, nor should we accept advice from someone who's trying to do that. Disagreeing while looking down upon another person is never good. It doesn't matter if you're correct in what you're saying or not. The manner in which we say things is just as important as what we say. Remember the words of the Apostle Paul, who encouraged us not to simply speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. And so this famous proverb in verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron. It does not say iron sharpens wood or iron sharpens clay. Wisdom requires that we know who we are speaking to. We shouldn't try to feed meat to a baby who only needs milk. Jesus understood this perfectly. He spoke very gently to outsiders, people who were on the margins of society, people who had been hurt. And he reserves his strongest language for religious people who should know better. We do not speak to everyone the same way. At the heart of this passage is community. And so wisdom is gained through community. And we belong to all kinds of different communities. Our families are a small community, and most of us have have learned a great deal from our parents. We've also learned from raising our own children. Our, Our workplaces and schools are communities. These are places where we interact with people on a daily basis. These are places where we should be able to exercise the wisdom that we have learned. But most importantly, the church is a community. And so we come together to encourage one another and to learn from one another. We gain wisdom from hearing God's word. But we also gain wisdom from seeing people live out these principles that we find in God's word. And some of the greatest teaching we receive is not from what we hear or what we read, but from what we see others do. The book of Proverbs places a great emphasis on relationships and on community. You cannot be wise without them. But sadly, we live in a time when the individual is prized above all. And we face the temptation of not engaging in community like we should and therefore not becoming wise each time we gather as the church this is an opportunity to learn to strengthen our friendships and to practice living in community last week i was speaking to a minister who lives in a a large city here in texas and he was telling me 
that, that his church had recently helped to convert three Muslims. And he had personally helped with one of the conversions, and he was telling me this story and, and everything that happened. And, and it involved a woman who had just shown up at their building on a Wednesday night. She had pulled into the parking lot to, to make a phone call, and then all of a sudden people just start showing up. And one of the ladies of the church invited her to attend their Bible class, and she did. And surprisingly, she kept coming back each week. And so she began a study with the minister and his wife. And after a while, she comes into the minister's office and she requests to be baptized. And he knew the situation and everything that was involved. And so he asked her, are you sure? Have you counted the cost? you know what this means? And so she decided to think about it for a little bit longer, not to be baptized that day. And a few days later, she comes to his office again, wanting to be baptized. And he asks her again, are you sure? Have you counted the cost? She decides to wait a little more. A few days later, she comes in again. She says, I'm ready to be baptized. I want to do it right now. I've made up my mind. This is what I want. And so the minister baptized her that day. And her family um, was all Muslim. She'd been Muslim for generations and generations. And so when they found out what had happened, they took her back to the country they were from in the Middle East for six weeks. And they were hoping to undo this conversion. Uh, but it didn't work. Uh, they came back to Texas and and every Sunday morning, this woman would show up for worship, but she would only stay for about 20 minutes, and that was it. And she was talking to the preacher, and she told the preacher that, um, you know, every Sunday she tells her husband that she's going out to the grocery store, and then she comes to church. And, and this minister was deeply concerned for her well-being. And so, you know, he tries to do the right thing, and he says to her, you know what, if, if, if you miss one Sunday, that, that's okay. It's all right. We understand. And she said to him, you don't understand. I need this. I need to be here. And sometimes we take these things for granted. Most of us, probably woke up this morning and we didn't think twice about what it would take for us to get to worship. You may have even thought about sleeping in and showing up a little bit late. For most of us, this is just an ordinary average Sunday. We show up, we go through the motions, and we wait to do it again next Sunday. But there are people who need this. They cannot make it without it. And maybe their home life is a disaster. Maybe this is the highlight of their week. And the little bit of hope and encouragement we offer is what they are going to rely on for the next six days. The thing is, they are the ones looking at this the right way. They are the ones who truly understand what church is all about. 
that we need one another and that this time together is of utmost importance. It's when we grow in wisdom. It's when we grow in love and we grow closer by being here. We grow in our relationship with God who is present in our worship and we grow in our relationship with one another and we should all strive to see the church and our worship in this light. Our time together is not a burden. It is not an obligation. It is an opportunity to grow and commune with God and his saints. And this is something that we all, all of us, desperately need. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we, we thank you for many things that we take for granted. We thank you for the blessing of, of living in a country that allows us religious freedom and the ability to meet here each and every Sunday. And we confess that we often forget about this blessing. We just assume that it's normal. Help us to remember that there are others around this world who see things very differently. And that we have something beautiful and wonderful. And may we never take it for granted. Father, may we also remember the value of community. And we understand it's not always easy to live with one another. Sometimes conflict is involved. Sometimes we are the one who causes conflict. And we're sorry for that. Um, sometimes a little conflict is helpful. It points out our flaws. points out things that we don't see. May we commit to living in community, although it's not always easy. We know it's what you want. We know it's your plan. But Father, we have something that, that other communities do not have. We have Jesus. And that's the one thing that makes our community different. And it makes us living together different. That we share his love. And we share his vision. We're so thankful for all that he did. Pray this in his name. Amen.